You're listening to Citizen Reporter number 472 for the 3rd of November, 2014. Uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Mark Fonseca Rendeiro. Some people know me as Bicycle Mark. And yeah, it's a Citizen Reporter. It's been a while. I know. I'm busy with a lot of other projects, many of which involve audio. So perhaps you've caught me on another channel. Today, for a podcast, I wanted to do something completely different. I don't know if I've ever done this in my 470-plus episodes, but I hosted a concert uh, at Studio Bar here in Amsterdam just yesterday, and it features Shelby Earl, which you'll be hearing in just a moment, and we did a bit of an interview-plus concert, uh, you know, musical performance, and I really enjoyed hosting something live. There's going to be more of that in the near future, not just with music. But for today, here is a large excerpt for your enjoyment of Shelby Earl playing live in Amsterdam at Studio Bar with me as the host. Here we go. Uh, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Studio Bar, a bar affair. Um, this is the first of many Sorry. wonderful <laughs> events uh, that will take place in the space. And since we're speaking of the space, what about a round of applause for how beautiful it looks? <laughs> And, and if, you, uh, if you like it, if you enjoy it, of course, uh, while you're at the bar, since it is Studio Bar, there's also a donation box to keep these events going. Enough said, right? Uh, <laughs> on to the, the main event. I'm going to keep using this as my guide, as if. Uh, <laughs> You're probably just talking to this the, thing. The, no, I'll stay over here. Share it. Um, the main event and uh, our special guest tonight, uh, before I introduce her, let's see, um, I got a message several months ago, um, it was actually from you, I think that's, that's right. That that's correct. But uh, a mutual friend of ours uh, back on the west coast of the United States said that we should talk, uh, we should meet, and he was very right. Uh, and uh, several conversations and a few introductions uh, later. And a few months later, here we are uh, at Studio Bar, and I'm very happy uh, that we could have her here. I, I heard her referred to as the most heartbreaking voice in Seattle. I'm very glad that she could come here tonight and break our hearts. Um, uh, please, let's give a round of applause for Shelby Earl. Thanks very much. I'll see if uh, we can get this sound working right. Now, Shelby, while you're doing that, if you can do two things at once, uh, this is not your first appearance uh, in the Netherlands ever. You've, you've walked these streets before. I have, but this is my first time playing. I have walked these streets. I have never played these streets. So, happy to be here, playing. Um, so, uh, since everybody's getting to know you tonight, besides listening to your music, uh, how did this relationship, uh, you and music, uh, how did that get started? What was it? Oh, well, you know, I started listening. I grew up in MTV era, when MTV played music videos. Um, I'm old enough to have watched the very first music video play on MTV. Anyone know what that was? Yeah, video killed the radio star. Nice, um, exactly. And then I obsessively watched from there on out and listened. And Michael Jackson was my first hero. And I would, you know, I was one of those kids on the bed pretending to be Michael Jackson. Um, you will not 
hear a connection between my music <laughs> and Michael Jackson. <clears throat> but I, from just a very young age, told my parents I wanted to sing. And uh, there was not much natural talent to speak of, but I've worked very hard and played in many bands through the years and done musical theater and the whole nine and started writing songs um, just about five or six years ago. So that's a, sort of a relatively new part of my musical life that snowballed very quickly and became very exciting uh, for me. So here I stand now. Just before I left, I got an invitation to open for the front man from the band, Frightened Rabbit. Anyone know Frightened Rabbit? Yeah, thank you. See, this is another one. People who know Frightened Rabbit love Frightened Rabbit. Am I right? So I've been a huge fan of theirs for ages, and uh, the night, the show, was the first night of this tour. And they're from over here, and so we went... And so I wasn't able to do it, but um, instead, I'm just going to play a Frightened Rabbit song. I'm working on my backwards walk. Walking with no shoes or socks And the time rewinds to the end of May Wish we'd never met then, met today I'm working on my faults and cracks Filling in the blanks, the gaps When I write them out, they don't make sense
being as though um, we're in this cozy uh, place, uh, we can do things that perhaps we don't do in uh, other concert situations, which includes uh, have a somewhat of a conversation, only you get me driving your conversation, which is probably a strange way to, to travel. Uh, but if you've ever read anything um, about Shelby, and I'm going to speak to you and her at the same time, um, you, one of the first things a lot of uh, music journalists or general writers will start with is this whole detail of um, that your life changed dramatically like five years ago at this point where you were doing a job. They always point out that you worked at uh, Amazon. Or, yeah. and, and then you switched to music. And I know that they, you know, this is one line in every music article, like, worked at Amazon, gave it up, and now I'm just a musician. Um, and uh, personally, I like my, my stories and my journalism to have a little more detail, and I'm sure it's not that simple or um, there's a lot more to it. But I'm curious, I mean, take us back to five years ago, what was going on, and who was that person, and then what happened? Uh, yeah, well, I, I actually worked in the music industry on that, the other side, for ten years. I worked... Uh, I, booked at a venue for three years, and then I worked for a record label for three years, and then I worked at Amazon.com on the music team there, working with record labels. And um, Amazon is incredibly corporate, as you might imagine, and so um, it proved to be a very challenging environment for a creative, and it is bizarre because my first day at Amazon is actually the same day that my last band broke up. And and this band, I had been singing, playing with these people for eight years, so it was this big event in my life, and I thought, well, maybe that was it with music. Maybe that was just something I did in my young years. And so this is uh, one of these crazy things where as soon as I kind of took the pressure off and uh, you know went to my living room, songs just started to come. And this is when I started writing. So that was in... 2007 and so I spent a couple years working the desk job um, but this songwriting thing you know as I mentioned it started to snowball and I was like in meetings writing lyrics and driving and the shower like just constantly working on song ideas and so I started to play solo shows and anyway the whole thing you know kind of Snowball. And so one day I was sitting at my desk and had a revelation that went, whoa, nobody's making me be here. <laughs> like, nobody. This is my life. I could just leave. And so I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> My favorite, uh, one of my favorite posters from the uh, 90s, maybe because the 80s, there was a, a bunch of, um, I believe they were Japanese guys, all at computers in a line, it was black and white, and it said, hate your job, quit. <laughs> 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 yeah. Anyway, I was just thinking of that poster. Um, you, you talked about uh, having dreamt a song, so uh, yeah. I know you have that ability. Um, <laughs> from the Lord it's latent so, um, is it, it for you is it the kind of thing where in order to write about it or sing about it you have to have experienced it be it a broken heart or uh, I don't know epiphany of some kind or can you write about things that you, you haven't experienced uh, it definitely it started there you know there's probably many creatives in the room 
who know that that's, that's a beginning point for most of us is our own experience. And mimicry is an early, you know, a starting point for many people. So for my young years as a singer, that's all, you know, people know to do is mimic each other. And I think it takes a long time to kind of figure out what you want to say. But nowadays, um, what I write, I think, is more of a, are, are more sort of composites of some of my experiences and then observations and um, I'm definitely, I mean, it gets really boring and limited <laughs> to only write about yourself. So I, I've, you know, I push those those boundaries more now in my writing, but try to observe more. So, so are you the person who, when you walk down the street, be it in, obviously in Amsterdam, I, I imagine you looking around more, but even back home, are you noticing who's walking by you? What are they doing today? Are you more a person who's got their mind on whatever's in front of them? I'm not incredibly observant, uh, probably just walking around in my everyday life, but I am, you know, they say, like, careful making friends with a songwriter or a writer, because your life will end up in their art. Uh, I'm definitely paying attention to what people around me say, and my phone is always, you know, I'll write down a line someone just said that when I think, ooh, that's a song. That's a song. So, yeah, it's it's mostly it's mostly that. Um, I have a new tune I'm gonna play for you in a little while. That is a few different people's stories kind of combined into one. And um, one person in my life said, "I don't hear enough of me in there, and I'm a little disappointed." <laughs> so now people are expecting me to write. Up. It's. Uh, I'm not going to play that game either. <laughs> We've hung out for a good hour today, am I? Yes. Oh, yeah, no, you're not, not yet. <laughs> not yet, Mark. Um, so in, in, in further in reading about um, things that you're working on, work that you've done in the past, um, there was this Wall Street Journal article that was talking about um, artists who are seeking out rock stars to... They use the word rock star. I'll go yeah. like this. Rock star, yeah. To um, to produce their albums, but to help them to basically create music. And and in there, you're quoted saying that you were very frustrated in 2011, um, or maybe I read into it too oh, much. Yeah. Um, what was going on in 2011? And, and talk, talk about your frustration. I love it. That was actually... <laughs> that was at, I mean, they had the year wrong, but it was when I started to make my first solo album, right after I quit Amazon... I put, I mean, I quit with a plan, you know, I saved some money, and, um, I gave notice the day my stocks vested, um, so, you know, I was thinking, but, um, anyway, I started to make a record, and I just, I was kind of doing it on my own with the help of friends, and there was no one at the helm except for me, and as, you know, seeing it as how it was my first big project like that, I really needed, um, someone, a vision person, which is basically what a producer is at the end of the day. So John Roderick of The Long Winters, the guy I was talking about before, came around, and he's another one where in Seattle, he's legend, but you know. Um, and so he came around and, and ended up producing, so he stepped in that role and helped me finish the record. And then uh, for the second record, a really great Seattle artist named Damien Dorado. Damien definitely has more of a reach. He comes here a lot and um, 
probably many of you know his music, but um, I asked him to produce the second one, the second album, the, this newer one, and that was because he started making records that I thought were unbelievable. So I called him and said, I want what you've got. <laughs> Let's do that. And so that's how that came about. But the Wall Street Journal article, you know, made it sound, it was like Dan Auerbach of the Black Keys, Nikki Lane, Jeff Tweedy, and me. <laughs> Hysterical. It, you know, I don't know how that happened. But um, they made it sound like I had gone after these guys because they were rock stars. But it, the relationships happened because of the production. How, how easy is that, that phone call? Is it just one phone call? <laughs> well, it's, it's a scary one. And then I sat down with Damien. He said, let's meet and talk about it. And I thought I was going to try to talk him into making my record. And we sat down and he said, can I start? And I said, okay. And he goes, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> and he had a whole plan laid out for recording. And what we ended up doing was making a whole record live in a big room. He said, I want you. Microphone, microphone. I'm going to sit in front of you and you're going to perform that shit for me. <laughs> and he did. It was so scary. <laughs> so, yeah, we did his plan. But that's how he makes records. So, it was cool. He actually said, Shelby, it took me ten records to figure out how to do this. Please let me save you some time. <laughs> so, that was cool. Uh, easy one on the subject of accompaniment. Uh, what's your favorite, if you can only have one instrument besides guitar to accompany you? Oh, cello. There's a lot of cello on both my records, and sadly, you know, it's hard enough to bring my band, drums, bass, electric guitar, um, but cello gets left by the wayside a lot. And But often when I play solo in the States, I'll just have a cellist with me, and I just... You know, something about that resonant sound. Yeah, that's the one. All right, and the uh, last one, this is the harder one. Um, you're here uh, now in the Netherlands. You were in the UK before this. Um, you're observing humans uh, in this part of the world. <laughs> um, I, any, any great observations of, of what you see, what you didn't expect to see, or... or where are we at as humanity, as far as you can tell? Oh. <laughs> well, yes, and I, I sort of, you know, hinted at this, but people have been so kind to me everywhere I've been. It's crazy. I left, everyone in my life said, you're insane to go do this 18 shows in 21 days, six countries, you know, just traveling by myself, all my shit. Everyone was like, you're totally nuts. It's not going to work. And people just helped me everywhere. Paris, people were picking up my bags and walking them up the stairs in the metro without me, you know, like just very unexpected, wonderful things. And I think my being alone is what opened me up to it. And I just have met wonderful people everywhere I've been. No jerks. <laughs> it's been... It's been pretty amazing. So, also, I think culturally, the biggest uh, sort of... I don't know why this was a surprise. I guess just I thought it was old news, but in, I was just saying someone in Belfast. Um, I spent two, three days in Belfast, and, uh, you know, they tell you that they're past the troubles, 
and yet it's all anyone talks about and the line is still very much there so that was just culturally that was the most interesting place I think there's probably a song coming on that one <laughs> you know me and everyone who's ever been there <laughs> alright on that note uh, let's carry right on with it uh, one more time uh, ladies and gentlemen so since we've uh, discussed the quitting of the job um, seems like the right transition I uh, I did quit my job and it was very exciting and I started to make that first record right away and I was about nine months into it when I kind of went, oh, oh shit, what have I done, oh no, and called my parents and said, I've made a terrible mistake, I've made a terrible mistake, nobody's paying me to do anything and so my mom said, well here's the thing Shelby, we're so proud of you, whatever happens. And just the other day, someone asked how you were doing, and your dad looked at them and said, she's doing great. She pulled all the boats ashore, and she burned them. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was this really moving sentiment to me. Also, in London, my first night in London, a, a Spanish guy came up and said, you know, we say that all the time. I didn't know that. Um, but if you don't know the story, look it up, Cortez. And, and so I just thought, right, it's true. There's only going forward into my new life. There's no going backwards. So that day, uh, I wrote this next tune, and it became the title of my first solo record. This is called Burn the Boats. Our 
for my guitar. It is really not happy about all this travel. I've flown a bunch and so you detune it every time you fly. It's just not wanting to stay in tune. So for the sensitive ears out there, I apologize. Uh, anyway, enough disclaimers. But, um, uh, you know, looking around at people's lives around me, I noticed that in the relationships I was seeing, there was this trend, trend is the wrong word, um, thing where this dynamic where men were trying really hard to make their ladies happy and like never getting credit for it. And I don't know why. I know, right? I got booed, talk about Belfast. I got booed by the women. That's a true story. Um, they were not happy with me, man. But um, but it's true. And, you know, I, I don't know why it is, but it is. And so I was just thinking, what if we ladies... Of course, I was single at the time. <laughs> so I was like, man, why are you so tough on her? But um, I just thought, what if we ladies said, you're doing a good job. <laughs> and you're my guy and I love you so I wrote this tune as a sort of a, an apology from a lady to her man you guys can buy me a drink later <laughs> you've been working so sweat and scars Oh, you have got your pride And I know how it 
you all my good work, dudes. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> um, are you guys down to sing along with something? Um, yes, okay. Well, maybe wait till you hear it before. <laughs> Gentlemen, I love you. Got that? I love you. Ladies, you love you too. <laughs> right? Let's see. I'm no longer your favorite. But, but, you can sing. Choose a side. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care who you sing with. This is um, this is about why it's a questionable idea to date or marry an artist. touring on Swift Arrows, which is the newest record, and um, but I also have Burn the Boats with me, and I have vinyl that is pink. It is pink, and it's hot. Um, oh, and a free tote bag with vinyl. 
while supplies last, which I think are like four. I think I have like four left. It's been a long road, y'all. Um, so, uh, but anyway, all to say, these have all been songs off the off the two records, mostly the new one. And uh, but when I get home this next week, I will start recording again um, for a new record. And so, you know, I am test testing new stuff, as I mentioned. So I will play you uh, this one, which I also mentioned in the interview. This is called. Um, the man who's made himself a name and this is the one that my friend was very disappointed that he didn't find himself in
give a huge, huge thanks to Studio Bar, the dudes. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all of this work. I know you guys put a lot of work into this, so thank you. It's an honor to play for your first music event. Um, thank you. And thanks to Mark for facilitating all of it. Thank you. It was a faded introduction, so uh, glad to know you, Mark. And I will leave you with this one. This, um, this is the title track off the new record. It's called Swift Arrows. We have a, um, a video out that the art lovers will love. Oh, yeah, there's a thumbs up back there. Um, but if you haven't watched it, just watch it, but not at work. And not with the kids. Okay? <laughs> it's not like a Miley Cyrus situation. <laughs> but leave it there.
it's a Sunday. Do you want to get wound up or wound down? Up. Okay. Well, let's do it then. But you have to sing again. Also, this is a song I haven't played in weeks, but we're just going to do it. It's going for it.
Hey, if you're still with me, some final notes today. First of all, Shelby Earle's new album is Swift Arrows, and you could definitely get it online. I highly recommend you do. And of course, studiobar.nl is right here in Amsterdam, and if you ever come visit, you should definitely go there. Uh, I'm citizenreporter.org. That website still exists. The show has slowed down. If you would like to hear one of my latest projects that'll be ongoing for the next couple of months, it's called Source Code Berlin, and you can be find it at sourcecode.berlin. It's done in cooperation with Wiki, Wikimedia Deutschland, and the goal is to talk about and examine what's going on in Berlin, that it's this Silicon Alley, the Silicon Valley of Europe. Why do creative people from in Germany and from outside of Germany come there to work on all these very unique projects? Uh, what's going on? And so so I get to run around in Berlin with a microphone. I mean, that's a, that's a great situation, I think, at least for me, and I hope for the listeners. So that's one place where you can find me. Of course, citizenreporter.org still exists, and there will be more programs. The intention is to get to 500 uh, before the year of 2015 strikes. So uh, let this be one step towards that, and in this case, the rare occurrence of a musical podcast. It's not going to become a thing, that's not my specialty, but it is a lot of fun to do, and I know that over the years a lot of you have enjoyed uh, the occasional bits of music that I put in between segments. Well, here's one giant one. Uh, one more time, her name is Shelby Earle, and you should definitely look her up. Uh, Citizen Reporter will be back real soon with another episode. Let's make our way to 500. Thanks for still being out there. Thanks for still being subscribed. And if you're not subscribed, you can get subscribed. Look for Citizen Reporter in your favorite uh, podcasting directory. All right, I'm Mark Fonseca Rendeiro. See you next time. See ya.